more time. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. On this edition, we're going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints and could they possibly be moving to Baton Rouge for their home games? And we're also going to be talking about Gail Benson, man. Um, Gail Benson had a, a, a little bit of a scare uh, the other night so we're going to be talking about that as well but of course if this is your first time checking out the state of the saints podcast thank you very much and hopefully hopefully it won't be your last and before we get started if you have not already also go ahead and hit that subscription button you know hit the subscribe button and uh support the state of the saints podcast special shout out goes to those that are in the comments right now uh shouts out to jerry poor the og of the state of the saints podcast got your boy jay Garrick, Randy, Brian, uh, Ryan is here, Annie, and uh, Justin. Justin is here uh, as well. Uh, RJ Mason, thank you very much. Uh, thank you all for uh, spending uh, your Saturday night because that's when we're recording this show or doing it live on a Saturday night. And uh, we all know that the Saints have a bye week, so not much news coming out of Saints camp, uh, but this has been making its rounds for the last about week and some change. Uh, the New Orleans Saints possibly considering going to Baton Rouge and playing their home games at Tiger Stadium. Now, this all comes from, of course, Mayor Cantrell uh, down in New Orleans. Uh, she has not allowed the New Orleans Saints to open up the Superdome to 25% and allow 25% of fans to come into the Superdome so they can cheer on the home team. Now, I have to say, man, I kind of seen this coming uh, because when the Saints played the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday night, every single Saint player, every single Saint player made a comment about, well, I wish we can play in front of the fans. I wish we can play in front of the fans. I mean, Jerry Cook said it. Alvin Kamara said it. Drew Brees said it. And I'm like, man, this sound rehearses. I don't know what. And then a couple of days later, I figured out, why they said that it was almost like them dangling you know what i'm saying almost like a threat at uh mayor Contrell. like okay I, well we can't play in front of the fans in new orleans then we might go down to baton rouge and play in front of the fans at baton rouge so we all know that tiger stadium opened up their stadium uh at the beginning of the sec season uh you know in, in around september uh late september early october and you know it's at 25 percent so I guess the Saints are looking at, well, they can play in Tiger Stadium with 25% of the fans, and that still can be some type of home field advantage. Now, Alvin Kamara even tweeted. Uh, he, he, he sent a tweet to Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, and said that the grass is soft at Tiger Stadium. And uh, so Alvin Kamara was out there. So 
I think some of these stories that we're hearing about the New Orleans Saints meeting up with Baton Rouge officials to see if it could be a possibility. I think that this is a little bit of a reality. Now, I know people are wondering, like, who's right and who's wrong in this situation? Is it the New Orleans Saints, um, you know, or is it Mayor Contrell? Now, I see both sides, right? I see a Saints team struggling. I see a Saints team struggling defensively at home. Okay, we all know what what type of venue the Mercedes-Benz Superdome is. We know what the Superdome means to the New Orleans Saints. We know about it being one of the loudest stadiums in all of football. We know when the Dome is rocking, the Saints are practically unbeatable at home. But I still feel like you should be able to play in front of fans or no fans. You should still be a beast. I get it, okay? I understand Mayor Contrell's uh, point of view as well because – it's almost like damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? So if she opens up the Superdome, if she opens it up to 25% capacity, and you have a pe- you have a, a few hundred people that test positive for COVID by going to a Saints game, imagine a backlash she is going to get. But we're still looking at the backlash because she is not opening up the Superdome. So it's almost like damn if you do, damn if you don't. All right. So, I mean, I understand both sides. But if the Saints decide to go to Baton Rouge, I don't have a problem with it. That's right. I don't have a problem with the New Orleans Saints going to Baton Rouge. I think that if they can't get what they need down in New Orleans, might as well go hour and 30 minutes out to Baton Rouge. I mean, I don't think that is a bad thing. I think that uh, Baton Rouge uh, fans would, you know what I'm saying, file into that stadium. You'll even have people that's from New Orleans taking that voice down to Baton Rouge. So I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. Uh, my main concern is the Saints playing on grass, okay, and playing outside. Now, uh, I am one of those believers that feel like that's going to uh, hurt uh, Drew Brees in a way of him throwing the ball down the field. Uh, I think that inside the confines of the Superdome kind of helps him. Uh, you got to look at the fact that the Saints play, what, a total of nine dome games. And if you count, like, maybe if they play another team, ten, because you're always you're always going to play the Falcons in, inside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and you have eight home games in your own right. So the Saints at least play nine games per season inside the confines of a dome. If you're playing all of your home games for the remainder of the season on the outside, if American Trail decides not to do, uh, you know, open up the Superdome anytime soon or before the season ends, then you have uh, Drew Brees uh, was, was a little bit of a limitation. Now, I'm not saying that Drew Brees can't throw the ball outside. I'm saying that it might affect his velocity, especially like if the wind was blowing or something like that, or, you know, say on one of those cold nights inside Tiger Stadium. I think it might affect uh, Drew Brees and his uh, ability to pass the ball down the field. But that's just the way that I'm thinking, man. I, I, I can't sit up here and, and fault Mayor Contrell for this because, I mean – She's doing what she feels is right by the city, man. I mean, these numbers were going absolutely bunkers down in New Orleans, man, before they actually started locking everything down. And we all know that people in New Orleans are extremely stubborn, and I should know. I'm from there. Uh, We don't like people telling us what to do. We would actually do the opposite, even if we wanted to do what they're asking us to do, just because we don't want to do it just because you told us we need to do it, even though we probably was going to do it before you said anything about it. That's how New Orleans work, okay? But she had to lock it down. She had to lock it down, and uh, I-, I can't blame her for that. I can't fault her for that at all. 
All right. And I think that if the Saints do decide to go to Baton Rouge, I think people will take that trip uh, if they stay in New Orleans. No doubt about that. But um, I think that there's a way that both parties can win. I mean, you have just you have just as passionate fans in Baton Rouge of the Saints than you do in New Orleans. I don't think there's a difference. Uh, Derek says, I think the Saints need fans. The best come out to them uh, what they have with the fans. I do agree with that. You know, I was one of those people, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, who that nation, I said that if you're good, you're good. I still stand by that. I still stand by that. But there are some people, some players, I mean, you grow up always playing in front of a crowd, right? If you're in Pop Warner, your mom and your daddy out there rooting for you, saying that's my baby, right? When you're in high school, you're saying the same thing. In college, you know what I'm saying? You got hundreds of thousands of fans. It depends on what college you go to, okay? They're, they're chanting for you. You know what I'm saying? All these different types of uh, popular uh, catchphrases, you know what I'm saying? Whatever college you're affiliated with, right? If you're in the, at the University of Arkansas, you know what I'm saying? Pig suey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like University of Florida, Florida, I don't think they're doing it no more. You know what I'm saying? Like they used to do the chomp or whatever. But, you know, like you have a whole bunch of people cheering for you. And then you go to the professional level, the NFL, where you have fans spending their hard earned money just to go out there to chant who that, who that, who that said they're going to beat them Saints. And that, that, that big old loud chant just echoes through it, through the Mercedes Benz Superdome. And everybody just going crazy. And you feel that energy, man. And it's motivating you to go and put put your shoulder into the chest of the opposition. I get it. But, you know, I mean, maybe they're one of those teams that, that need those type of fans. Maybe they're one of those teams that need the energy in order for them to play up to the competition. I don't know. Um, but it, it is you can tell there's a difference in the swag and the confidence of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, she is only doing it to get some of the federal of that federal money. Uh, I I don't know if that's the case or not. You know, I don't know what she's doing it for. Uh, if that's if that's your opinion, uh, Anisha, uh, I, I don't have any issue with that. Uh, I just feel like if you're doing something in the best interest of the people, there was a huge there was a huge number of uh, people that were testing positive for COVID down there in new orleans okay that was there was you know what i'm saying before she decided to shut it down i don't know anything about any federal money but if she's talking about even if she even if she's been disingenuous when she says this there is a large number of people that are affected by covid19 in the city she shut it down she can easily say i'm concerned about this and that's the reason i won't open the superdome and she looks legit in saying so even if that's not the case because you still had a huge number of cases and you've got cases starting to come back as that city start to open up. So that's giving out even more ammunition to be able to, uh, you know, keep doing this. I live in Baton Rouge. I live 10 to 15 minutes away from LSU uh, for safety reasons. I would not do it. News reports so many positive tests over there. But the revenue and fan support standpoint, I can understand. Yeah, man, I just read an article before I got on on the air here. Uh, the the NFL and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, uh, well, not the NFL, but the New Orleans Saints. They lost fifteen million dollars so far, man. Fifteen million dollars in revenue the city has lost because there are no fans inside the stadium. I mean, you count concession, you count tailgate, you count ticket prices, all that stuff. 
they have lost 15 million dollars okay and i don't feel like that number is going to pick up anytime soon all right i mean we we got we got to understand that even though we love football it's a business at the end of the day okay us going into the stadium us going into those stores buying the jerseys buying the programs buying that that miller genuine draft you know that that money right there is supporting the city and not to mention the bars that are open right to watch these games okay maybe some of the bars are not suffering as much because people still go to the bar but at the same time all the money okay and all of the restaurants around the superdome on porger street are suffering because of this all right so there there is uh, man i mean there is a a a very dark spot about um not having fans inside of, of the stadiums around the nfl no doubt about that or he didn't take uh the centrum silver <laughs> oh man <laughs> guess you're talking about drew Brees on that one i feel what Cantrell is doing is working yeah i mean i uh, look i guess you know it, it's an acquired taste i guess right I mean, I think sometimes like we look at things kind of selfishly because we look at it from a standpoint of how that it affects me. How is it hurting me? I want to go to the Saints game. I want to cheer for the Saints. I want to be in a Superdome, right? That, that's what we that's what we talk about. That's what you know what I'm saying. That's what I, I hear these stories all the time about people being season ticket holders and then wanting to come to the game and they haven't missed the Saints game in 30 and 40 years. I, I get it. I understand that. But I also understand a standpoint, man. People are dying because of this. And I look, I'm not trying to get all political and stuff like that. I know some people, you know, support Biden. Some people support Trump. Some people believe, uh, you know, COVID-19 is as real as it gets. Some people feel like it's a hoax. Look, I'm not here to try to persuade anybody. All I'm saying is there are individuals that died. OK, people will say stuff like the numbers have been uh kind of overblown or whatever people have died because of COVID-19 one person lost is way too many in my opinion because we don't look at it like okay only 215,000 out of 7 million people uh, you know what I'm saying died but you have to think about that those are 215,000 families that don't have their family member anymore or like I said even if you don't want to believe in the 215,000 that they're saying right now there's still some family members out there that don't have uh, their mother, their father, their brother, their sister because of this. OK, so to me, that's way too many. So I, I, I believe that they need to use precautions in order to save lives. And sometimes they have to protect us from ourselves because we all know, you know, what I'm saying like if we really want something, we don't think about the imminent threat. I'll give you a prime example everybody know about my son y'all seen him on here before right my son Paxton he's one right he doesn't understand about the imminent threat sometimes you know a brother might bake a little chicken every now and then right do a little baked chicken might throw something in the oven what he likes to do is he likes to grab onto the handle of the oven right he doesn't understand if he pulls that oven open it can possibly burn his hand or scald his face because the heat that can come out at him he doesn't understand the threat I have to protect him from that. So if I'm opening up the oven, I'm telling him to get back. Okay. If I'm in, if the oven is hot, I'm telling him to get back. I'm saying this. Sometimes people have to protect us from ourselves because sometimes we don't make the best decisions sometimes when we really want something 
for ourselves, right? We want to go to these Saints games, and sometimes we're not thinking about the actual threat that that can possibly happen to us. We don't think about, man, there's a possibility we can catch COVID-19. You're just thinking about, hell, I just want to watch the Saints. I just want to cheer for Drew. I just want to roof our boys in order for them to bring that victory home. But sometimes it can't happen that way, man. So that's why I say I can't blame Mayor Contrell for thinking the way that she does. I, I can't. Not at all. It doesn't matter where we play. As long as we win games, make the playoffs, uh, do the best we can do. Yeah, Brian, I mean, that's a good point. You know, it, it don't matter. I think great teams can play anywhere. Prepared teams are going to win, all right? Great, great teams are going to win no matter what the situation is. I feel like the Saints beating the Detroit Lions after uh, Michael Burden got the little COVID-19 scare and, and some of those players were up until about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and they had a game at 12 Central Standard Time. You know, for them to go out there and put on that type of performance, scoring 35 unanswered points, I think that that shows the type of team that the Saints are, okay? The fact that they were down by 17 points at home against the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday night and them storming back and win a game in overtime, that shows the type of team that they are. Other teams probably are not going to win that game and they probably would phone it in, all right? So that is the true testament of a good team. Okay, I will say that the Saints are a good team, but I feel like some of the things that they do can cost them down the line. All right. It can't cost them down the line if they can't get it fixed, if they can't get it corrected. So it, it, I do agree that great teams win anywhere, but you got to be able to uh, don't beat yourself. And we all know that the Saints are the kings of doing so. It's a tough spot and situation, but our team knows how to rally together. And this fan base will unite strong as ever. Yeah, man. I just think that. I think that the passion that we have is going to be bottled up. And once we get an opportunity to cheer, it is going like I, I think out of this whole COVID thing, it just made us appreciate it just made us appreciate life and some of the things that we take for granted, like going outside, like interacting with people, you know what I'm saying, that that touch, you know what I'm saying, that that handshake, you know, like stuff like that. And even going to some of our favorite concerts and games, like it, it, it puts everything into perspective because it's almost like we always felt like we were going to have these things. And now they're taken away from us and we realize how much we value them. OK, it's like if somebody give us tickets to the circus, I don't know if they do this down in New Orleans or not, uh, but a couple of places that I've been uh, since I left New Orleans, they, they give free tickets to the circus. Right. And it, they might put them on the counter at, at, at your local grocery store or your local gas station or retail store. And you pull one and be like, oh, man, you know, they, they're free. You know, I go take the kids out here on a Saturday and you get to that circus, man. And it may not be the best circus in the world. But you like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm here. You know what I'm saying? But think about that now. Think about how you would love to go to that free circus. You know what I'm saying? Think about that right now. You'll be like, I wish I can just go anywhere, anywhere, just walk up in a place and chill my lungs out or just watch something. It's hard for us to do that these days. It's hard for us to do these things without thinking about the imminent threat of COVID-19. We, we, it's hard for us to do that. 
but it makes us appreciate life it makes us appreciate some of the things that we took for granted i'm pretty sure some people that watch the state of the saints podcast are season ticket holders and you probably never thought to yourself that dang i would be missing a saints game because of something like this and it, it gives you that passion and the next time that you get out there and you sit in section 200 or 100 or wherever you're sitting at you're gonna it's gonna put things into perspective and you're gonna realize how much you value going to a game i mean it, it really it really puts things into perspective folks really it really does that our saint says uh who that fam what's going on uh chemo what's going on man patrice says agree chosen says who that tj wouldn't mind the saints coming to bad Rouge and putting on in my city and i may even go to a few if possible i mean yeah i think I th- like i said i think there's very very passionate uh fans of the saints that live in baton Rouge. you know i i think it will be just like a home game i don't the saints are, aren't just the new orleans team i think they're the whole gulf coast team like they're the whole gulf coast team and uh, man a lot of people from different states like alabama and mississippi are, are big time saints fans no doubt about that lance says there have uh have been fans in domes and nobody caught covid she's just power hungry well like i said we will have to look at it lance we will have to look at the numbers we will have to look at the numbers to to support what she's saying okay we can't compare we can't compare the city of new orleans to other cities because maybe the cases aren't as bad all right so maybe that's something that she's looking at and maybe she isn't looking at that maybe she's like i don't care what they're doing i'm just going to do it my way and lance i mean you're entitled to feel the way that you feel right now i mean you're entitled to that and i get it you want to go to the saints game you want fans inside the stands because you feel like that is an advantage for the saints i get it but i also get her standpoint too and i don't think anybody will ever like second a question what she's doing from a, a from a political uh a, a government standpoint they won't they won't you know what i'm saying because they they get it you know just like some of our favorite players or uh, a football player says i'm going to sit out this season we understood it's kind of hard to say uh tell a mayor that she's looking out for the best interest of the city she don't want people in the superdome because people might get sick and die i mean <laughs> uh tj what's the biggest thing we need fixed i say the defense if they uh, play lights out the saints will be unstoppable yeah Derek. uh, i think the defense is uh something that the saints need to work on especially the secondary i think we're all in agreement on that i think we all are in agreement that the saints have the worst secondary in football i think that uh these guys can't stop traffic they can't stop a nosebleed okay i I just I, i just think that these guys need help they need to find ways of, of being around the ball, uh, working on their ball skills, and just man, just their technique in general, completely. So if they get that together, I think they'll be okay. I like the front four of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think Davenport, I think, honestly, I think Davenport did pretty well on Monday night. I mean, he got a couple pressures, got into the face of uh, Justin Herbert a couple times. And uh, I just think that if the back end kind of tightens it up a tad bit, I think the Saints would be okay. Um, that, that's what I feel like needs to be fixed. 
and they need to work on starting faster. Uh, they get roasted like brisket, burnt like biscuits in full dome anyway. Well, yeah, that is true. I mean, that, that is true. But at the same time, uh, they play pretty well, okay? They, they play pretty well. And they play more motivated. What up, Travis 504? Giving a shout out to Travis. Alexander says, I'm a who that fan from Toledo, Ohio, but I live in Columbus, Ohio. Wow, man. Uh, shouts out to, uh, you know, Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State University is out there. Uh, man, I would think that you would be a Cleveland Browns or uh, uh, Bengals fan, man, but we appreciate you, man. All the way out there in Ohio. Uh, Reggie says, TJ, if you were a uh, major, uh, what would you do? It's a tough situation. Uh, I guess you say if you if I was the mayor. I guess you mean if I was the mayor. If I was the mayor, I would do what's in the best interest of the city, uh, whatever that may be. I, I like I said at that particular at, at this particular time, I don't know her thought pattern. Okay, but I would do what's best for the city. Okay, I wouldn't care about what the Saints are talking about. Okay, I, I get it. The Saints want to make money, and the Saints want that that competitive advantage. Uh, but you know, I, as much as, you know what I'm saying, I got a lot of respect for these Saints players. These Saints players, if they catch COVID-19, they're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they have millions upon millions of dollars. The organization that they work for are worth billions of dollars. So they're going to get the best care from auctioners. They're going to get the best medications. They're going to get all these things to make sure that they get back to health. Versus Joe Blow off the street, who probably spent his last couple of dollars just so he can sit in section 600 inside of the Superdome, he probably don't even have insurance and he probably works a part-time job. If he gets COVID-19, God bless him. Okay. So I would do what's in the best interest of Joe Blow who spent this last $50. Not so much about a couple millionaires who, who basically get weighted on hand and foot. And I'm not saying that these guys are human. They don't deal with situations like you and me, but I look out for the best interests of the people that can't look out for themselves. Uh, and I feel like that person is more important. So yeah, I, I would do what's, what's in the best interest, whatever the numbers are telling me, whatever the analytics are, if they're, if they're going into a direction like, well, maybe I need to shut it down. Then I would shut it down. It's our secondary is our weakest link. Yeah. No doubt about that. No doubt. Do you think Mike T will come back trying to demand too much or be what uh, he's been? Uh, no, I think that uh, Mike T is going to come back um, what he's always been. Look, I'm not buying what they sell in chemo. I I've said this before, and I don't care what anybody says. I feel like they biting off what your boy be saying. Uh, I've seen articles talking about the same thing I've been saying on the State of the Saints podcast, that the New Orleans Saints leaked this story in order to get Michael Thomas's attention. I mean, this this organization don't disclose nothing. Okay, for real, like anything with injuries, like we don't know anything about this team at all. Everything is close to the vest, close to the hip. We don't know nothing. Not all of a sudden we knowing about uh, Michael Thomas yelling at somebody for opening up his mail and and somebody wrapping the tape on his leg wrong. Like, give me a break. This team leaked this information to get his attention. You know, that's what teams do because they want they want us as fans to turn on the player. They do it during contract negotiations when 
a player wants to get paid what they're worth, then they'll start leaking stories about that player. I'm talking about the organizations to make the fans turn on them. Man, he need to get back to camp. Man, he need to stop playing. Man, he need to go ahead and stop being about money. Oh, he money hungry. That's what they do. They they want us to do their dirty work because they understand the influence and the power of social media and what it possesses. And they understand that these, these modern-day NFL players are millennials. You know, like some of us understand what the world before social media even came into it, right? You know, when guys used to have to walk up to a girl and ask them for their phone number and actually have to see their expression if they want their number or not, they if the girl told them no, they had to accept it. If the girl said yes, you felt like a million bucks. I, I lived in those days. I remember the days when you had to walk to the corner to use the pay phone because you didn't have one in your house. I remember when, you know, your, your grandma told you to turn to channel three and you turned the knob, okay? I remember when the world wasn't as accessible. These modern day NFL players, they probably don't understand that stuff. And what I, what I mean by that is, Public opinion has ran their lives their entire life, right? Okay, I mean, we know we understand about public opinion, don't we? We see it all the time on social media. I know I see it a lot. Oh, TJ, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, TJ, you need to go ahead and just cancel your show. Oh, TJ, you don't know what you mean. You you ain't no real Saints fan. Them type of folk, right? We I understand about public opinion. And when you look at some of these NFL players and they look at these these guys who don't probably have the, the athletic ability that they have, don't have the, the physiques that they have, don't have the money, the cachet, bashing them, it's hard for them to understand that and it's hard for them to get that out of their mind. And I think that the organizations understand it. So they allow these people to do their dirty work for them, Right. Man, he's selfish. He's selfish. What you mean selfish? That makes them want to go back to prove to the world, a world that they don't even know, that I'm not a selfish player. That's why teams do it. It had absolutely nothing to do with Michael Thomas as a person. Michael Thomas has been the player that he's always been. And I expect him to go out there and ball out the same way he always does. No doubt about that. That's F-O-K, our real dude, they, they that. Michael Thomas uh, even tweeted about the situation. He said, don't believe everything you hear. Exactly. What up, TJ? Uh, we are going to need Michael Thomas back at his best. Yeah, I, I think he'll be back and he'll be doing his thing. Uh, Casey says, I saw a post that Sean Payton uh, is looking at Trevor Lawrence next season for the draft. What's your thoughts? Casey, I seen that and I actually replied to you. I know you send it to me in the inbox. Uh Look, there's no way in the world that the Saints are getting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the, the Saints, uh, <laughs> with their three and two right now, the Saints will have to lose every single game for the remainder of the season in order for them to even be in the Trevor Lawrence sweet state. That's for like the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets of the world. And if the Giants want to throw their hat in the ring, they can go in there and have, have at it as well. Look, the Saints will be nowhere around Trevor Lawrence. The Saints would have to give up heaven and earth. The Saints would have to give up the moon and the stars. The Saints would have to give up Neptune, Earth, Mars, uh, Venus, and, you know what I'm saying, whatever um, planet I didn't mention, they would have to give all that up in order to acquire Trevor Lawrence. Not happening, okay? A lot of tongue-in-cheek, a lot of tongue-in-cheek, 
a lot of lip service that is so no they're, they're definitely not going to be getting him they're definitely not okay uh yeah but casey i i replied to you man in, in my uh in your inbox though uh cam jordan said in an interview a few days ago everybody is on the same page and don't buy what the media is selling well I'm not going to discredit what Jeff Duncan is saying. And y'all, y'all know Jeff Duncan has been on the State of the Saints podcast before. And um, I'm trying to get him back right now. You know what I'm saying? I emailed him a couple of days ago. So hopefully he'll be back on the State of the Saints podcast. But I don't look, Jeff Duncan is a well-respected journalist. Uh, he's been following the Saints for a very, very long time. And I just have so much respect for him. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that's just one of those situations where he was just out here trying to clout chase. I feel like somebody legitimately within the Saints organization gave him this information for him to order for him to write this article. Jeff Duncan has never been about that. Jeff Duncan has always been a by the book, classic journalist, a classic guy. So it had to come from somebody in order for him to come out and come out with this article. I stand by that. it. You know, so it had to be somebody within the Saints organization trying to get Michael Thomas's attention. That, that's the way I feel. I was wrong about Mike T. Brothers fight. Dude got a huge ego, but so does Drew and Sean. Look, every NFL player got a big ego. I'm sorry, folks. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I don't care who they are. Like, we like falling in love with people. All that stuff is just political, okay? They, they can't come out here and just say all these different, you know, off the wall, your outlandish things. They will lose endorsements. They will lose. They, they will lose their job. Okay, that's why uh, it's a lot of politicking. It's a lot of handshaking and baby kissing when it comes to the interviews and it comes to the image of NFL players. Okay, look, all of them have an ego. All of them do. Some of them egos bigger than others, but at the same time, they all have egos. Okay, it, it is all is is a matter of how you allow your your ego uh, to drive you. You know what I'm saying, like. Like, are you going to, it going to let you drop, it's going to drive you off the edge like Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens or somebody like that? Or are you going to keep it in check? You know what I'm saying? Like a, like a Tom Brady or even a Drew Brees. So everybody has one, man. Look, so I feel like if we're just out here like, oh man, Michael Thomas, I can't believe, like, come on, man. Come on. Like, er, er, I mean, it would change, like, as much as people try to make it seem like, if, if certain things don't happen in their life, they'll be the same person. Like, knock it off. If you had $150 in your bank account today, and then tomorrow you wake up in the morning and you got $55.6 million up in your bank account, you ain't about to tell me that you about to spend your life or, or spend your day like you planned on spending your Sunday. Stop it, Right? You know what I'm saying? You're going to be thinking about things that you never thought that you would get. You would go out and try to purchase something that you never thought that you would purchase. You would, you know what I'm saying, go to places that you never even thought about going. And you would get certain respect and adulation that you probably wouldn't get just being an average Joe Blow living everyday life. It's, it's going to change you. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, but it's a matter of how you allow it to change you and take over your life. So I think that he's always been the same person. No doubt about it. I mean, the same thing that makes you laugh makes you cry. 
And the same thing that makes you cheer is going to make you want to fight. And that's Michael Thomas. Public opinion has mainly tried to ruin the Saints as a team and all that. Uh, but to chime in on, our, on the conversation, our Saints need to do what they feel is best for them to uh, do the win, lose, or draw. I'm a Saints fan. Who that for life? Yeah, uh, you got to do what's best for your team. Mayor Contrell got to do what's best for the city. Uh, I don't know if a public opinion is trying to destroy the Saints. Look, it, it's up to them if they're going to allow public opinion to destroy them. All right? We know about the story about Drew Brees and how it affected his teammates. We know about the Alvin Kamara contract situations and stuff like that. We know about, oh, he. they said that he wasn't at practice and all that kind of stuff there. Now we got situations about Michael Thomas. So uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes, folks. That's just the way that it goes. It, it goes that way sometimes, no doubt about that. I can't believe this. I think that my mouse stopped working. My mouse froze up on me. But anyway, um, I can't – Let's see if I can uh, scroll down a tad bit here. Uh, okay, I can still scroll down. I can still scroll down for a second. My mouse not working. I got a I got a uh, a mouse uh, that's uh, wireless, so I guess the juice ran out on it. So I don't know. I can't. I can't. I'm gonna just have to read. I'm just gonna have to read the um the comments. But it's not gonna uh come up on the screen. Let's see. Dustin says, I hear you, man. Your boy Jay says, I will never forget Saints fans for wanting to trade Alvin Kamara to sign for it <laughs> or try to trade Mike after that fight. Yeah, man. Look, anybody that's out here uh getting mad about that, like give me a break, man. Guys fight. I mean, this stuff always gets reported. It always gets reported all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, it just don't get reported all the time. Excuse me. But these things happen all the time inside the locker rooms, rather you want to believe it or not. You know, I know some people just want to think that their team is full of choir boys, but they're not. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just not it's just not the way that things are, man. You know what I'm saying? Like they people fight. You know what I'm saying? They have disagreements. They have. They have fallen out, but, you know, they play for the same team, so they got to uh, get it together. I got to ask my wife. I'm texting her right now if she would bring me my charger so I can charge up my mouse. Let's see. Uh, down here in Las Vegas, people were saying that the Saints should trade Michael Thomas. I told them they smoking. Man, they crazy. Uh, Alexander says, I don't know. Why the Saints uh, hate, uh, why the NFL hates the Saints so much? I don't know if the NFL hates the Saints. I know the referees do, and I, I, I stand by that. Dustin says, well, if someone is a cancer, then y'all uh, trade them. But if we're good, we're good. Look, dude, not a cancer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that the dude just really highly competitive, and sometimes – he don't know how to channel that angle. He don't know how to turn it on and off sometimes. But it's, it's what makes him great, right? It, it what makes him great. Chemo says these dudes are young as well. Yeah, I mean, they're they young. They're rich. They're still trying to figure things out. So, I mean, he, the thing about Michael Thomas is, like I said, he's extremely competitive. He's a competitive guy. 
And <laughs> you're asking an extremely competitive guy to stop being competitive. Like, I don't know how you can do that. Uh, well, everyone gossiping about the fight. Thomas is somewhere eating some wing stop. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he was on a, what was on first take when uh, Cam Jordan was on there. He was in the facility that day. So. Uh, channel three was the PS2 channel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, before we had like the auxiliary, you know what I'm saying? Like we had the audio visual uh, prones and stuff like that. You know, channel three was the Super Nintendo channel. Uh, it was the Nintendo channel. It was the Sega Genesis channel. <laughs> Michael Thomas even tweeted about the situation. He said, don't believe what they're saying. Uh, what up, TJ? We are going to need Michael Thomas back at his best. Uh, and I think I read uh, already read those. Uh, thank you for responding to that, TJ. Uh, I've been wondering about the uh, that since I saw the post. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know if... Um, Man, there's no way the Saints get in trouble, Lawrence. I, I can't even say I don't think. I know they're not going to get them. It's not happening. Uh, let me see. True TJ, 27-year-old uh, with millions. Uh, yeah, the best statistic in the NFL makes sense. Yeah, man, I mean, look, dude's rich. You know, they got a bunch of money, man. Like I said, they go from nothing to something overnight. Mike been very competitive since he was at Ohio State. Reports came out in 2015. He used to trash talk, bully Eli Apple in practice. That's who he is, a competitor. That That's the, even what Urban Meyer said when he got drafted. Urban Meyer was like, this guy gets into a fight at least two to three times a week in practice. He said this before. He said this. Uh, can we cut our losses with Taysom Hill? Whatever happened to them putting everything on the table this season? Uh, I don't know if they're going to cut their losses. And I, I just think that Sean Payton just has made up in his mind that he is going to make the Taysom Hill experience work. <laughs> if, if the last game uh, didn't prove to you that he wants it to work, I don't, I don't know what will. This man took Drew Brees out the game on two drives where Drew Brees was out there wheeling and dealing. All right? So if that don't tell you if, that he is going to force you he is going to force Taysom Hill down your throat. I don't know what will. And he's going to do it even more because he knows it gets on your nerves. That's Sean Payton. That's, that's Sean Payton in a nutshell, folks. Uh, one incident, and he's a cancer. We used to have scuffles when I was in high school. Yep, everybody did. That that kind of brought camaraderie to the team. Uh, work where on Madden? Uh, <laughs> do you think Tampa and North Carolina can both uh, take L's this week uh, the way that uh, we stay on top of the division during the bye. Uh, well, I guess you mean uh, Carolina. Uh, I don't know if Tampa and Carolina are going to take L's. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Not sure about that. I, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they can, you know, they can, but I'm not sure if both of them going to be able to. Do you think Mike T being uh, out affecting Lattimore's performance? I know they go up against each other in practice, but since Thomas has been out, Lattimore has off games. Ray Ray, I think that Marshawn Lattimore is hurt. Marshawn Lattimore has been dealing with a hamstring injury, and 
for those that play sports and it plays uh basketball rather you play football if you ever pulled your hamstring that is some pain right there folks it's almost you know i, I promise you it's like you got shot right like if you're running at full speed and your hamstring just blows out on you i'm telling you man it is nothing you can do there's nothing you can do it is like the sharpest pain that you're ever going to feel in your entire life and it's a pain that goes from the bottom all the way up to like the top of your leg i mean your thigh man it's like uh, you really can't do much with it man you can't run at full speed and i just think that the game that that happened against the chargers he was not 100 anybody that think Lattimore was 100 in that game i don't know what to tell you now he has been playing pretty bad this season i will concede to that okay uh but at the same time he's not that bad to a point where you know I don't know. It, it has a lot to do with the hamstring. I'll just leave it at that. Carolina ain't taking L's uh, this week. Uh, let me see. Make sure I read that right. Carolina ain't uh, taking a L this week. I'm just saying. Never know. Uh, TJ, what do you think about Mike T not being able to turn it uh, down in practice? And he's sick of what we're seeing. Uh being he has been watching the games like us. So he was annoyed with ID. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know if if he's annoyed with him, frustrated or what. I really don't know what the problem is. I, I really don't. Uh, but all I know is uh, if he's been the same person that he's always been, you know, I don't have no problem with it. I mean, I don't want him to be around this thing stealing off on teammates all the time, but I don't want him to stop being competitive. That's who he is. That, that's, that gets him fired up. Phillips says, prior to the last two games, do you think Sean Payton was holding the offense back? And now that Mike T's coming back, the offense will be wide open and it will also help the offense. I mean, the defense. Uh, Phillip, look, do I feel like some of the plays that Michael Thomas uh, had on a play sheet are no longer being used because he's hurt? Absolutely. But do I feel like it just, you know, going to open up the playbook and endless possibilities for everybody? No, I do not. Okay. The Saints were dinking and dunking it with Michael Thomas in the lineup. I don't think they're going to stop doing that just because he's back. Okay. I, I I just don't feel that way. I don't feel that way at all. Uh I just think that they might have like some more plays and it might open up guys because he, he demands a double team, but uh, I don't think it's going to like completely change the whole entire offense. Taysom Hill more like Taysom Cliff <laughs> because that's what he's falling off of. <laughs> uh, Casey said, TJ, who would uh, who would you like to see as the DC for the Saints? Um, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I wish we could have got Todd Bowles. Uh, he he's a good defensive coordinator. I wouldn't mind seeing Wade Phillips. I wouldn't mind seeing Wade Phillips as the Saints defensive coordinator. I like Wade Phillips. I think Wade Phillips is a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, I also would like uh, uh Richard, uh, the guy who used to be. Uh, the assistant defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. I wouldn't mind seeing him 
uh, as a defensive coordinator of the Saints. I think he had a lot of promise. And honestly, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't mind. This may sound a little crazy, folks, but I wouldn't mind Dan Quinn. You know, Dan Quinn, I mean, everybody can't be a good head coach, right? Everybody can't be a good head coach, man. Some, You know, sometimes guys are good, better coordinators. And when Dan Quinn uh, was over the Legion of Boom with the Seattle Seahawks, we all know how dominant those guys were. So somebody like that, you know, I don't know if, you know, he would would do that. But, I I mean, mm mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad Gail is all right after that incident. Yeah, you know, I was going to talk about that. Uh, Gail Benson, of course. You know, she was uh, she was almost uh, <laughs> she was almost uh, I won't say kidnapped, but I guess you can say that because uh, a guy jumped into the car. Uh, I don't think he knew that she was in the car, and he was about to steal it. And she yelled and said, "Get out! Get out! Get out!" You know what I'm saying? And scared the guy to a point we. Got out the car and started running. So, um, I mean, I'm glad that she's okay. I think that was stupid on the on the dude's behalf. I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? Like, if you're gonna steal a car, at least looking in, on the inside, see if somebody in there or something. But I guess he thought he was gonna get a quick lick. You know what I'm saying? He was gonna get a quick lick. Thank you. Shouts out to my wife, man. Clutch, man. She got the got the charger for me. Excuse me for a second, folks. I had to plug in the mouse here. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, stupid on his part, man. Stupid on his part that, um, you know, <laughs> that he would do something that crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I'm just glad she okay, man. But I mean, she a tough lady, man. Anybody else probably would have passed out or something like that. Said that she was like, just tell him to get out. And I'm pretty sure she probably was <laughs> throwing something at him or trying to hit him or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray Ray says Gail uh, almost got GTA. Well, she did get GTA, but you know, sometimes on you know, sometimes on a Grand Theft Auto, if you steal somebody's car, they come chasing behind you and, and throw you up out that thing, right? <laughs> so I guess she was GTA in a way, you know. But she she made sure she got her car back. Uh, dude, that was so crazy. Probably uh, couldn't believe it was Gail Benson. Yeah, it probably didn't. And, and that he probably didn't realize somebody was in a car, you know. But like I said, I'm just glad she okay, man. That could have that could have ended a lot worse. I mean, it could have ended a lot worse, man. She could have, man. I mean, we could be talking about Gail Benson in the past tense. And the thing about it, what the, where the hell was the, her bodyguards at? Like, I know somebody like that, a billionaire. Walk, I mean, walking around the city in New Orleans. I know she got to have like some kind of security team with her. You know what I'm saying? She got to have some type of bad boy street team or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, she got to have the street team with her. Like, man, she got to have the goons with her at all times. You know what I'm saying? People crazy. Like, people would just try to come up to you, try to do something to you, knowing that you got Skrilla. Nah. Like, where the street team at? You know? Well, I mean, where, where the street team? She needs a street team, man. Somebody somebody get uh, Gail Benson some goons, man. Get them some, get her some goons, please. Uh, I pulled my hamstring in college during a game, and the feeling is no joke. Lattimore played hurt, and you can tell he was limping while he was trying to cover the Chargers receivers. Yeah, man, anybody had a pull hamstring, you know what I'm talking about. You know, that, that's, that's crazy. I'm just glad she's okay, man. Could have ended a lot worse. EJ, I know it's early, but have you seen 
the J.C. Horn, South Carolina, Joe Horn's son play. He had two interceptions today. Will look nice in black and gold for 2021. Well, I tell you what, boy, them boys got some uh some legacy on their team. I think Deion Sanders' son is a, a cornerback on South Carolina's team. And now you got uh Joe Horn's son, like, I don't know, man. I got to see more. You know, I'm not – look, I, I get his dad was a, a New Orleans legend and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, can he can he play? Can he really play? You know, I don't need nobody that – you know, a, another person that can't turn their head around in the same, in the same defense. We got too many more of those guys. All right. Uh, Christ says, I meant to say TJ. I know what you – I know what you meant, Christ. Uh, they better not find uh, that guy – if they do, uh, it's going to be trouble. Yeah, it's going to be more than that. Man, <laughs> I don't know. It might be more than that. I don't think they're going to find him, though, to be honest. I wanted to ask you uh, who are your top three running backs are for the Saints all time. I like Deuce, Bush, and Ingram. Kamara uh, looking to take uh, Bush spot, in my mind, if he stays going this way. Well, um, the top three. Top three running backs, Saints history. Uh, I, I put Dalton Hilliard up there. You know what I'm saying? I think Dalton Hilliard was pretty good. Uh, but, you know, Mark Ingram is my favorite. Mark Ingram is my favorite running back for Saints. Uh, Deuce McAllister, I, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess we just hold Deuce with in such high regard. But – I mean, yeah, I guess so. You know what I'm saying? I, I put Deuce up there. And my third, mm, if I had, man, I don't know. Craig Haywood, you know what I'm saying? Ironhead. I put Ironhead up there. So Ironhead was my favorite. You know, shouts out to him, man. Uh, Craig Haywood, rest in peace. Uh, Marshawn was playing pathetic before he got hurt, though. That's true. That's true, Ice Man. Now, I ain't going to lie about that. He been, he been, pretty slow this season and that's my guy uh my grandma said uh what's your prediction for the saints versus the bye uh i think the saints gonna i think the bye is gonna win uh because i think these guys are going to go and relax and chill out uh get ready for the rest of the season so the bye is going to get the victory over the saints uh saints uh or, or i mean i don't know if you was doing that as a joke or you're saying after the bye now after the bye, they play carolina so I'll make sure I get that prediction next week. Saints players need to get uh, uh, get their heads around. Yeah, man, they need to do something. Need to get some turnovers. I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Lattimore either. Uh, Ingram, Pierre, Kamara. Uh, oh yeah, I got to put Pierre up there too, man. I didn't mention Pierre Thomas, which is crazy because, he's like I said, he's like my second favorite New Orleans Saint of all time. Um. I don't know, man, but if I had to – I can't believe I forgot about Pierre Thomas. Yeah, Pierre Thomas, yeah, he definitely up there for me. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be my three right there. Okay, I, I'll, I'll push uh, I'll push Ironhead back to four. I'll push Ironhead back, back to four. So, it would be uh, Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas, Deuce McAllister, and then Ironhead Craig Haywood. Why can't the Saints uh, have a uh, quality defense? Uh, we literally always have the same question about this defense 
uh, are we not tired of this yet? Iceman, I mean, I went on a tangent last time. I mean, I'm kind of mellow here tonight because, I mean, I had a good time today. You know, I took my son out to the pumpkin patch, me and my wife and stuff like that, family day. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm chilled. I'm laid back. Man, I ain't really got nothing to, you know what I'm saying, yell and scream about this weekend, especially the Saints got to buy. But I, I've been talking about this for weeks. I've been talking about this for weeks, man, you know, that the Saints need to, they need to get a better defense, and I'm tired of talking about it. I really am, man. I, I'm, I, I've been talking about this till I'm blue in the face. And I think that we're all just tired of, of talking about this. We want the Saints to have a quality defense. And hopefully they will one day. Hopefully they will. I, I, I hope it comes, you know what I'm saying, before, you know, I'm dead and gone. You know, I never thought that I would see the New Orleans Saints. I, I, I never thought that I would see the New Orleans Saints actually win a Super Bowl. And I'm starting to wonder if I ever going to see the Saints have a lights out defense. Derek says, I'm ready to play corner. I still play football. I'm just saying. Yeah, they, they may need you out there. Hopefully, you can turn your head around, man. Catch a pick. Who you rooting for, Tampa or Green Bay? I know we want Tampa to lose for the division, but if Green Bay and Seattle start losing, we might get the one seed. Look, uh, I don't think we're going to catch either one of those guys, to be honest with you. You know, I think that Green Bay, uh, you know, the, the schedule favors them down the stretch. Uh, but uh, we need Tampa to lose and win the division. I mean, if we continue to win, I mean, we win more games than them. Might get the three seed, same spot we was in last time. And honestly, you know, it, this this playoffs is not like other playoffs. The only, the only person that's going to get a first round bye is the one seed. The one seed is the only one that's going to get the bye. If, if, I don't know if y'all knew that or not. But the only only one that's getting a buy is the one seed. The two seed you're gonna have to play in a wild card round. So that unless you are gonna be the number one seed, that's the only that's the only seed that matters, right? So I want people to understand that. Are the Saints contenders in this current position, like team wise? No, I, I said that they not. They're not. They're not contenders. They're not. Like on paper, if we're talking about Madden and we're simulating the season, yes, they are contenders. But if we're talking about the way that they're playing right now, absolutely not. We're just setting ourselves up for heartbreak right now. They can keep winning games but and disguise these issues, but it's only a matter of time before we get our hearts broken by this team. Seattle's defense is ranked last. Yeah, they rank last, but Russell Wilson playing out his damn mind. <laughs> Uh, Seattle defense is ranked worse than NFL. Yeah, it is. But once again, Russell Wilson is playing out of his damn mind. <laughs> I'm sick of our defense can't stop nobody, man. Me and you both, me and you both, the truth hurts. Uh, I believe in my heart uh, we would be a better dynasty than the Patriots with a good defense. Yeah, but we need a good defense. Don't know when that's going to come, though. Saints always break my heart. Still uh, coming back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, huh? They definitely break your heart. I'm just tired of it, man. Like, I I learned from this team, man. I'm never too high and I'm never too low when it comes to the Saints. You know, like, I'm passionate about them, of course, but I, 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 don't, I don't put any caps on what this team can and cannot do. I just don't. It, they, the, the Saints can – the Saints can – 
run the table and win every single game this season and it wouldn't surprise me. Then they can go nine and seven, eight and eight, and it wouldn't surprise me. That that's that's how I'm so balanced with this team. You know what I'm saying? Never too high, never too low. We're gonna take a few more, man, then we're gonna get up out of here. Uh Cornelius says, I get the fact that Drew never had a cannon of an arm. But what's the point in getting speedy receivers if he has to get a running start to get the ball to them? <laughs> I mean, did they ever try to shoot a 50 cal ammo from a musket? <laughs> that is a good point, Cornelius. And um, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I, re, I don't have the answers. I'm like, sway. I ain't got the answers, man. I ain't got the answer today at all. Uh, I guess they feel like they still can use those guys um, in other ways, I guess. You know, I don't know. Or maybe they realize that Drew is not going to play forever and a quarterback that may come behind him may possess that, that rocking arm. I mean, they do have Jameis. I mean, just because he – uh, signed a one-year deal don't mean the Saints won't try to get them back next year keep that in mind who that nation I think the Saints can beat the Seahawks and uh should have beaten Green Bay oh uh, man uh yeah I think they can beat the Seahawks but I don't want to see it uh I, I don't I do not want to see the Saints play the Seahawks I don't I don't I, I <laughs> look Russell Wilson is the man everybody know how I feel about Russell Wilson uh Russell Wilson uh my second favorite quarterback in the nfl right now love watching him play and he scares me to death i don't know if y'all remember that game in week two uh but the saints were beating up on seattle pretty badly and uh in that fourth quarter we seen russell wilson do some pretty amazing things so i don't want no smoke with russell wilson okay we need to stay as far away from this guy as possible okay we need to stay as far away from russell wilson as possible I don't want no parts of Russell Wilson at all, okay? That guy, like, people say what scares me, that guy scares me because the way that we be like, as long as we got Drew win a game, as long as they got Russ. There's a reason why I say in Russ, I trust. Uh, I trust that dude to go out there and do some incredible things, man. Like, Russell Wilson is a combination of Steve Young and and drew Brees to me okay like he plays like drew Brees in his in his younger days he doesn't have like the strongest arm in the world he doesn't and you know what i'm saying when y'all know when drew was like in his 20s like when he was like you know 0809 drew when he had the long hair in the back drew Brees had like the best deep ball in a and you know what i'm saying in the nfl it wasn't like a cannon or nothing like that but Russell Wilson is just like Drew, like the same way. But but the exception of he has Steve Young type scrambling skills, right? You know what I'm saying? He gets out the pocket, got that classic baseball slide, never really get himself too much in trouble, rolling out. Man, my goodness, man. Who don't like watching Russell Wilson play? Like, like seriously, folks. Like, remove your remove your Saints fandom for a second. Tell me if you see the Seattle Seahawks on TV. You ain't trying to watch Russell Wilson play. Come on now. That dude is, that dude incredible, man. Love watching that guy. If that dude, if that dude ended up playing for the Saints, man, my goodness. My goodness. Uh, I think we need to have a package for Jameis. Yeah, me too. Me too. 
we're going to be talking about Jameis uh, probably this week, too. You know, I mean, the Saints don't really have that much news coming up. I mean, they got Carolina, but we're going to be talking about that because uh, I was watching the show and they said something very interesting and it involved Jameis Winston. So probably going to talk about that. I'll say tomorrow. We'll talk about that on tomorrow. We'll make that tomorrow's topic on the show. Uh, Pete continues to be the weak link of the O-line. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, if you watch Russell Wilson interviews, he idolizes Drew Brees. I mean, he plays just, like I'm telling you. The only difference is he has better scrambling skills than Drew. They they're like it's like watching Drew Brees all over again. The way that dude, the way that dude play, Un- unbelievable, man, unbelievable with, with the way this guy plays football. It's amazing. Russell Wilson set in a draft to the third round before he was picked. All those teams passed on him. Uh, makes me scratch my head and not to mention he wasn't even supposed to be the guy if you're a member of former LSU quarterback Matt Flynn was supposed to be the guy because everybody fell in love with him when he threw them seven touchdowns in one game when I think Aaron Rodgers went out and he was the backup and he got that big contract out there in Seattle but he goes out there to Seattle and he stinks it up and you have Russell Wilson out there and he plays much better and the rest is history the rest is history. Uh, I take uh, Byron Jones over Lattimore. Uh, well, Byron Jones is pretty good. Uh, Byron Jones isn't going to give you interceptions, but he'll give you good technique. I can tell you that. Uh, Drew being six feet made Russell Wilson a better quarterback. Just ask him. Really, Drew is responsible for most six-foot quarterbacks. Yeah, him and Fran Tarkenton and and we got to give respect to Doug Flutie, too, man. Like, we can't be sitting up in here and disrespecting Doug Flutie like that. Everybody was – man, come on now, man. Flutie was the man. Flutie – if Flutie was about five inches taller, Flutie would be in the Hall of Fame. Nobody wanted to bet on Flutie. Nobody wanted Flutie to play. But Flutie was out there making it happen, all right? There's a reason why they people were buying Flutie flakes. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why. Come on now. So I'm I'm a I'm gonna say that Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie to me was the greatest little quarterback that ever played the game. And so was Fran Tarkington. But you know, Drew Brees the greatest of all time, all right? But I'm a but when we're talking about really short guy, we gotta talk about uh Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie was the man. And I think that's what motivated Drew Brees. Even Drew Brees said it. And uh, you gotta remember Doug Flutie was actually the quarterback for the San Diego Chargers when Drew Brees was a rookie. And Drew Brees talks about how much uh, Doug Flutie mentored him uh, when he went to San Diego. Keep that in mind. Prescott will be resigned by the Cowboys, I'm sure. Yeah, they would because Jerry Jones cares about uh, public opinion. And he knows that uh, people are going to be looking at him as like the worst person in the world if he don't sign Dak Prescott back somehow. Uh, Ray Ray said, I never seen Doug Flutie play. Uh, Ray Ray, you must be pretty young, man. Yeah, man, Doug Flutie was the man. Uh, Doug Flutie, if you have some time, man, I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, go ahead and search Doug Flutie highlights. Uh, Doug Flutie he won the Heisman Trophy back in 1983, if I'm not mistaken, from Boston College. Uh, he was known for that uh, the Hail Mary against the, uh, Miami. Uh, you know, I mean, he he was always responsible for some magic moments. Uh, he didn't get the opportunity really to play in the NFL because nobody really wanted him to be there. He played for the Patriots for a little while until uh, I think Pascalini or something like that or some other quarterback, I can't remember, they ended up replacing him. 
you know, Doug Flutie, uh, I think the year that the Patriots end up going to the, the Super Bowl, he was responsible for the majority of those wins. Uh, he ended up going to the Canadian Football League. He became arguably the greatest quarterback in Canadian football history, came back to the United States, signed with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills didn't really want him. They wanted it. They wanted a uh, Rob Johnson, uh, you know what I'm saying, a.k.a. Robo Sack, you know, a guy that was always getting sacked because he was about six, seven, six, eight, looked the part, fluidly took a, a backseat again. Then, you know what I'm saying, like that whole uh, Rob Johnson starting against the Tennessee Titans in the 2000 playoffs, and I know y'all probably remember this game because that's the game where, you know, the Tennessee Titans end up winning because they did that whole lateral play. You know, when a guy on um, Frank Wycheck threw the ball back to Kevin Dyson and he ran the ball up the field for a touchdown. And, you know, that that classic uh, called there are no flags on the field. Well, Doug Fleury was supposed to play in that game. He was supposed to play and he ended up leaving, going to San Diego, mentoring Drew Brees. But Doug Fleury, man, he deserves a lot of respect, man. Doug Fleury uh, was a really good quarterback. And like I said, if he was probably five inches taller or even three inches taller, then he probably would be uh, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, man. He just never got that opportunity because people didn't really like quarterbacks or give quarterbacks under six feet an opportunity at that time. And I know it sounds crazy when ending the State of the Saints podcast on a, you know, on a note about Drew, uh, um, excuse me, about Doug Flutie, but uh, <laughs> I mean, Doug Flutie was the man, you know what I'm saying? I got a lot of respect for him, no doubt about that. Okay, we're not going to end it on Doug Flutie. We got to end the Saints related, all right? I'm not going to end the show talking about Doug Flutie. Taysom is showing massive signs of aging for these hits and his decision-making. Uh, stumbling, not paying attention, overall awareness, all has regressed to me. Um, I don't know, man. He look a little – he look a little uh, – Hey, he do look a little suspect this season. I, I I will say that. I can't even lie about that. And uh Brenzilla says Callaway is not a deep threat. I just think he can uh play like a Mike T type role. That's not true. Uh Marquez Callaway is much faster than um Michael Thomas, and he definitely was a deep uh a deep ball threat at the University of Tennessee. I mean, he's just a pretty big guy. He about six two. 6'3 or something like that. So, I mean, he, he can fly now. He can fly. I just don't get why people uh, ha- uh, have said he's fast. Uh, who's fast? Oh, you talking about, uh, <coughs> are you talking about Callaway? Let me see. Sean needs to run the ball 90% win rate when running the ball 30 times or more in a game. Um. Let's see, 4.5 is not flying. Yeah, he may be flying, man. Like, I don't know, maybe at Tennessee, maybe he was a man among boys or something. But he seemed like, you know, he always take the top off defense when I seen him. But, I mean, 4 or 5, that's, that is pretty fast, though. That is pretty fast for, you know, I, I get people on 4-2 and 4-3 and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But 4 or 5, I mean, you see a guy – Running a four or five in real time, that's pretty fast, folks. That's that's pretty fast. <laughs> you know, it's not a, a, like you're not Carl Lewis or Michael, Th- I mean, Michael Johnson or nothing like that in the Olympics or Usain Bolt, but you're still flying, you know, still pretty fast. 
Yeah, but I guess that's just me, man. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And yes, we did not end the show uh, with a story about Doug Flutie. <laughs> but thank you all very much for being a part of the podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. And be sure to check out the State of the Saints podcast on the streaming apps, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Take a few minutes to check out the streaming app podcast and support us as we try to grow the audio podcast. All right. So you all have a good Saturday night. We'll be back at it on tomorrow. And I will also be a special guest on Big Q's uh, show on YouTube on tomorrow. So uh, make sure that y'all check out Sports Coma with Big Q on tomorrow. Uh, I'll be a special guest on the show talking about the New Orleans Saints. So keep it locked. uh, You know, check out. Uh, pro sports media uh, and the sports coma with Big Q on tomorrow uh, definitely will be on the show, man. So y'all support uh, Big Q and uh, support me, man, as I, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the black and gold. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?